We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Greetings and salutations, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Fleet, and what an episode we have today. What a chat with the legend herself, Amy Dumas, who, of course, you'll know better as WWE Hall of Famer Lita. And it's such a really interesting conversation about discovering yourself, because she spent so much of her adult life as Lita that when she left WWE, it took her some time to figure out who Amy was again. We also talk about why she went back to WWE. And by the way, with that name Lita, she told me that she didn't know that was going to be her wrestling name on WWE until five days after she debuted when she saw the match on TV. So many good stories like that during this. And if it's your first episode here, please take a second right now to click subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to this. And take a screenshot. Let us know that you're on this journey with us. Tag us. Amy is at Machete Girl on Instagram. And I ask her why her username is Machete Girl. You can find me at the very boring and unoriginal username at Chris Van Fleet. And our fan of the week is Ohio HS Hoops. High school hoops, I'm guessing. Shout out. OH. They say smooth as butter. Chris is an unbelievable host. He has an uncanny ability to create great dialogue with his guests. It's like listening to a couple of buddies talking at a dinner table. It's always an easy listen, and he does a great job of getting others to tell their stories. Chris is humble and grateful, and it's evident in all of his conversations. Keep on crushing it. Well, thank you so much for that. The other part, if you're not aware, O-H-I-O. It's the chant in Ohio. Big love. Nothing but love. For Ohio. Spent five years there in Cleveland. Love it. Love it so much. And thank you so much, OHIO HS Hoops, Ohio HS Hoops, for taking the time to leave this review on Apple Podcast. I read one on every single episode. It's my way to say thank you. Thanks for being with us. And if you want to plug something, put it in your review. I'll read it out here for free, of course. If you want a different kind of shout out, I am on Cameo. I don't talk about this often. I don't know why, but I'm on Cameo. I've been on there for years. So if you want a shout out on there, look me up on Cameo. Spotify has ratings, by the way. So if you're on Spotify right now, it'd be awesome if you could go in there and click those five stars. Okay, enough of me. Let's get to the real star here. Please welcome an amazing conversation with Amy Dumas, a.k.a. Lita. 
Actually, I want to ask you, is that a llama behind you? Yeah. Uh, there's a llama and then some sloths. My brother. Oh, this is and Pac-Man above you. Yeah, yeah. That's, Look at this that's wonderful decor. <laughs> um, yeah, my brother got that. My brother got me the llama, and I loved it. And then they, from the same artist, got me a sloth. The sloths uh, another year. But what's hanging over your shoulder here? This. Yeah. This is just like an air plant and a piece of driftwood. Oh, oh it's a it's a driftwood. Okay. Wow. Starfish on the beach. The oh, other. look how cute it is! That is Just so cute. So look at that little guy. So NorCal. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, I'm happy to. I've seen your stuff and I was like, no, I'd like to talk to you. I just want something to talk about first. Well, now there's a lot to talk about, right? Lots. Yeah, I had to do it up before I met you. Did did you think that you would be back in WWE? Nope. Huh. Nope. <laughs> so how did this all come together? So, I mean, Rumble's fun, right? Sure. Undeniable. Watching it, being in it, like, and... So I did the first one and, you know, it was monumental. It was historic. I, I had to be part of it, but I was asked 24 hours in advance and I had not been training and we, I had to take a red eye, spend all day in medical getting cleared. And the first time I touched a ring since the last time, whenever you guys saw me touch a ring was the last time I had touched a ring. So, um, I was like nervous in all the wrong ways and it, I was still glad that I did it. There was only going to be one first rumble. I was still happy to see all of the women. And I ultimately had a good time in my experience, but I was like, I, when they called me this year, I was like, yeah, I want to redo, you know? So I had proper heads up and I had been training. And so that was my motivation was just like, it's fun. I want to see my girlfriends. And this time I want to like feel good, nervous going into it. And I did. And, and I was happy with like, that was, that was all, that was all. I'm like, and that wasn't all. Well, so are you training just for fun? You were just in the ring just because? Well, so they gave me like six weeks heads up. To yeah, but go before in- that, were you in the ring before that? No, no one goes okay. in the ring for fun. No, oh, Natty, Natty, Natty goes in the ring for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is training for something. Um, but in the meantime, so my pandemic thing is I started doing Twitch and I met a bunch of people through there and some Bay Area people. And so there is a drag queen, Poyo Del Mar, that has been in the, the wrestling scene here. And it turns out is a neighbor, only lives a couple miles from me. So we connected and then they connected me with Dark Sheik and she came up with Hood Slam. Hood Slam's like a Bay Area wrestling for misfits right and like with no boundaries on it sometimes it's karaoke sometimes it's a party sometimes you know and so i i was able to i had a crew and i was able to go train with them for the rumble so in that six weeks not only was i intensifying my gym training i was in the ring but also in the ring having fun and going oh yeah like it's fun to be in here and also i remember this stuff so I went into the rumble feeling pretty good. You also look like, like you look like you had wrestled like yesterday. Like you looked so, it was like riding a bike, I guess. It, it, it really did feel like that, you know, and I, and I didn't, 
didn't know how it looked. I was like, this feels fine, you know? And, and I, yeah. I don't watch my stuff back. So I only just saw like clips from Twitter and, and stuff. And I was like, okay, it, it looks in the realm of, of what I did. So I'll leave it at that. But this was supposed to just be the one-off rumble appearance. And that was that. Yeah. And I was happy for it. I was like, great. Stop back yeah. and still friends. And then as I was coming out of gorilla position, literally like, uh, WWE 24 was following me around doing episode. They, they were there just as I came out through the curtain and there's Johnny Ace. And he was like, what do you think about wrestling Becky? And I was like, yeah, you know, we've been trying to like that. That had been, we've been like fantasy booking that for kind of years. And I think she was more serious than I was. I mm. was like, yeah, this is like a fun thing that we talk about sometimes. And then, um, yeah, so I, I felt like there was I, there was no way I could have said no to that. Even though it was three weeks from the moment he asked me, I would have liked three months from the moment he asked me, you know, like gearing up from like, yeah, it's fun to see my old girlfriends to like, oh, a title match, singles match. On the other side of the planet. Two totally different like training, but you know, like opportunity. You just take the opportunities when they're there. Right? Like I, the media, like thing I I thought about was like you know, like people that I like friends that I have that that wanted kids. Are like, well, first we're going to save this much money, then we're going to do this, then we're going to buy that house, and then we're going to have children. And like a year later, they're pregnant. You know, yeah. and they're not like, yeah. no, 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 I'm not going to take this up. This is like this is what's happening now, and so it's like you just go with what's in front of you. But I would imagine though, that you had a bunch of stuff that was already planned out, like in you know your quote unquote regular life that you had to then put on hold for the match with Becky. For sure. Because I mean, even just leading up to rumble, like my regular schedule has been pretty flexible and zoom oriented and, you know, just like a lot easier to work around than like, Oh yeah, you're going to be schlepping across the country. Uh, and and so it's like, yeah, it's not just TVs, but it's by the time I get there and back, like it, it felt pretty full time. But because it was so short, I really felt like I could just pull all of the good and let any of the delayed connecting flights or like, you know, wait, I'm in Omaha. I'm in a blizzard. This is not why I moved to California, you know, like that type of stuff. It's like, yep, just like roll, roll with it. Um if that was my life grinding, you know, for years, mm -hmm. I'd be like, I cannot go to Omaha to get like, no offense to Omaha. There's actually one of my favorite restaurants there, but, um, you know, it was just, um, I don't know. I just felt like novel mm -hmm. and just like, all right, we're, we're doing this thing. And I, I, I felt similar to when I decided I was going to be a wrestler, like almost saying it out loud, like, you know, forever people like, you know, are you in a band or why are they taking your picture? I'm just like, I don't know. I guess they like my jacket or so, you know, like I'm just kind of like downplaying it, downplaying it. And now I'm just like at the corner store, like, did you know I'm going to wrestle a, cha a women's championship? At? You know, like, it's like, I, I'm, it's the same as like when I was like, you know, I'm going to be a wrestler, right? Like I'm saying it out loud because for my benefit. So it's like, I was, I found myself doing that where somebody was like, Oh, what, are, why are those cameras there? You know, w, when WWE came to like follow me for training and WWE camera crew was used to us, like downplaying every, you know, like nobody really wants to talk about it. And I was like, because I'm going to wrestle a big match in Saudi Arabia, you know, and it was like, who is this person talking? Because it was 
that. It was like, say it out loud enough times. This is happening. Yeah. Get, get used to like, like let it sink in that it's happening. And you're also holding yourself accountable to it. Like, cause you're yes. putting it out there. Yeah. You have to live up to that standard. Uh, that's a thing I've always done. And I didn't think of it that way, but like, I'll keep things to myself. But once I feel like I'm going to do something, I tell everyone and it's to hold myself accountable so that yeah. when I see that person in three months, they're like, whatever happened to that thing? And I'm like, in fact, it's right here. You know, <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, I was just talking a bunch of shit, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> so now that you're back and you're feeling good, like is WrestleMania on your radar? You know, I, it's not, not on my radar because I just know how everything there and nothing's changed by the way, from when I, when I left and when I got there, it was like, oh, things happen last minute. Plans are changing at all times. So, um, you know, I, I will be there if nothing, um, less than to watch it, but, but yeah, you know, I, I, and maybe it's like, I don't know, am I scouting? Am I looking at, at like different match possibilities and combinations? Um, I just feel, you know, kind of more connected to, to them than I did before. I mean, we've all talked about like kind of sometimes you have to go outside the bubble and be like, I can't, you know, I need to just do my own thing and not worry about what's going on over there. And, you know, I felt like that's what I was doing when these opportunities just fell in my lap. You know, I wasn't gunning for a spot. I wasn't booking, you know, things in my head or trying to, you know, come up with these match possibilities and they just fell in my lap. But it was, it was really inspiring, like just being able to sit down and talk with all of the girls that are there and and they're so excited because they know they're in the beginning of their career and just how many possibilities there are now. You know, I feel really good and proud if I had my last match just mm. now. Wow. But I also feel like, okay, that would pretty good. <laughs> Do you feel like in a way you you now have a chance to kind of rewrite the history of like your exit from WWE? Yeah, totally. Totally. You know, um, I'd had these like one-off appearances since yeah. I left my active career, but nothing that I could, that was like meaningful enough that felt like, oh, that was the last thing, or this is how people will remember me. It was just like, oh, like a fun thing with Heath, Sl- Heath Slater or the evolution, like, but it was just like this opener tag match and you know things like you know i'd had fun spots yeah um retiring but nothing that felt big Mm -hmm. you know but i'd already done the big stuff so it's not that i was looking for that but this just felt very different yeah when you went backstage how many people came up to you and said you're the reason i'm wrestling right now you inspired me so much yeah so so many and it was it, it it just kind of it was like it really felt like poetry in the way that i i was coming back with becky who has said that you know i i inspired her on her path but then all these other women that that have that were saying the same thing but because i was like not ever a hundred percent confident i felt pretty okay going into it but their like compliments towards me wanting to talk to me them saying i'm so excited to see your match like this is going to be great and like them 
like they were inspiring me to have that match. And so I loved that, you know, and I loved telling them that like you, you guys were like making me feel better walking out through the curtain each time and leading up to this match. And like, thank you guys for doing that for me. You obviously broke a ton of barriers, right? But I, I'm so curious to know, what was the first one? What was the first one where you kind of went, oh, what I'm doing here feels special? I think it was, um, it gets replayed pretty often, but it was with um, me and the Hardys versus um, Test and Albert and Trish. And it's like, I was just kicking those dudes asses, like I had no business doing, you know, like these like six, like six, five people, you know, and I'm like hurricaning test and jumping to the outside on, on, um, Albert and just the, the, it felt like, wow, this, this excitement with a woman being physical hasn't happened before in WWE. I remember when you debuted with S.A. Rios and it was like the idea that S.A. Rios did his moonsault and then you did a moonsault. And I was like, what is going on here? As I was just telling the Test and Albert story, I was like, actually, the very first time we debuted, I did feel something special because I felt the crowd was they're like, oh, cool. There's two new people debuting and we just kind of had a fun dynamic between the two of us. And they were fine with that being the end of the match. They're like, cool, right? There's new people. And they're like, wait, what? So I remember even feeling that very first reaction that I was like, oh, I think we might have something special here. How long between that match happening, that debut match, and you getting the name Lita? Like, what was the time frame on that? Uh, like five five days or something okay, like that. Okay, you could that. say five minutes. Like, yeah, you're Lita, go. No, after. Five days, five days after. after. Because we were not supposed to debut, it um, it was going to be Christian who was going to take the light heavyweight title off of Gilbert. But then he was doing something with the brood and they kind of wanted to keep things separate. So they were like, I don't know, get these two kids out there. Like, you know, and, and so it was, you know, like four o'clock that afternoon. They're like, tonight's the night you guys are starting. We had been doing dark matches um, every, every night, like every week we were just... Um, flying to TV and doing dark matches, getting ready. And, but I wasn't mimicking. I would just do a spot in this match, you know, or something like that, but it would be something, you know, bigger, but, but it wasn't the mimicking thing. And they told us that around four o'clock and it was for heat, which taped on Monday, but didn't air till Sunday. Mm -hmm. So they said, that's all we know. We'll figure everything out. We don't know your names. We don't know if you guys are like brother, sister, boyfriend, girlfriend. We don't know any of that stuff. Just go out there and we'll figure it out. And so, yeah, they, I found my name out on Sunday night. He live. Um, I think someone from the office called me and said, I think your name is Lita. And it sounded terrible to me. Cause I was like, it just, there's a name I hadn't heard. And I was like, you know, again, I don't know what name would have sounded right. Cause it's like, I'd only been one name until that point. And I was like, Oh, that's weird. They're like, well, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what it airs. And then they, they said it, they're like, sure enough. They're like, S.A. Rios and Lita. And I was like, all right. I remember it taking me a while to turn my head when people would be like Lita. And I'm like, Oh, right. Me, me, Lita. Yes. Hi. <laughs> and now I imagine more people call you Lita than they call you Amy. 
And it sounds the exact same to me. Whether someone's saying Amy or Lena, I'm just like, yep, that's me. (laughs) What is Machete Girl? Okay, so Machete Girl. uh, Oh, we got to take a sip of coffee for this story. (laughs) So um, once I retired, I um, was looking for my next adventure. I decided to explore Nicaragua and I bought a place down there. And and so that was like my next, I spent about half the year down there for a few, for about good five, six years. And it's just wild west down there. I met so many friends and, and my lifestyle, you know, it's like I'm riding my bike to the market and surfing in the afternoon. And, but so you can just walk in, in there, you know, like people are normally, they're doing it because their job, right. But they'll just have a machete on their hip. And I'm like, because they're like using it for work. Right. But I'm like, Oh my God, that's so cool. They have just like, just whatever, walking into the corner store with a machete. And they're like, yeah, Nicaragua, man, do it, you know, do whatever. And I was like, I'm going to walk around with a machete on my hip. So I, no one really knew, like no one knew Lita, like no one knew who I was down, down there, but I was the white girl with the dog with the machete on my hip. So they called me machete girl. And I was taking all these cool pictures on my phone and I was kind of off social media in general, but I was like, well, I don't care if I'll make it public and I don't care who sees it, but I'm just going to be like machete girl. If you know that you're following Lita's account, that's fine. If not, I don't, I don't care, but I'm seeing all this cool stuff. So if you're like scroll all the way back to the beginning of my Instagram, it's all Nicaragua pictures and the locals there were calling me machete girl. Man, what's so interesting about you is you've spent like pretty much your entire adult life as this other character, as Lita. Mm-hmm. Who was Amy before Lita? So that is what like, um, when I retired, it was like the active reinvention of Amy. It's like, okay, Lita's going to be on pause and take a big old nap. So figure out who you are. I, I remember in interviews, like if I had an interview coming up when I was actively wrestling they, you know, you eventually get to the point where they're like, so what do you do when you're not wrestling? What are your interests? What do you like? And I I would remember thinking I had to make stuff up because I'm like, it sounds boring to be like, you know, or or I'd say something that I did like prior to like, in theory, I would do these things, but I'm eat, sleeping, breathing, wrestling. I'm doing promotion. I'm doing my laundry. If I am not, you know, or I'm in a ring, like that's what my life is. But I'm like, that's, sound cool in an interview so i'd have to i would literally make stuff up um and so i was like okay now that you're not making things up um what do you want to do who is lita and i mean i think the thing was like i just want i love the aspect of never having two days the same like when i'm wwe and life on the road and there's not i i like not knowing what my day holds i like getting outside my comfort zone and I always continue to push myself to, to do that. And so, yeah, I decided to go explore around Latin America. I wanted to get a like investment property slash second home slash, I don't know, like hut some, somewhere. And, you know, it, it just turned out in Nicaragua. I wanted to be able to continue practicing my Spanish and meet some people and I wanted to surf and that checked a bunch of the boxes. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, which is a super important part of my morning routine. 
With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food source superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. And best of all, it tastes amazing, and it's really helped with better sleep quality and recovery for me. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever it is, it fits right into your diet. Look, lots of people take some kind of multivitamin, and I think it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. That's why I drink Athletic Greens every morning, and that's why it's recommended by professional athletes in all kinds of different sports. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially since it's cold and flu season right now. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash insight. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash insight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So when you leave WWE, like life just comes to a screeching halt because you've been on the road like crazy year after year. Do you kind of go, wait a second, I can do whatever I want now. Yes. And it, and it was a little overwhelming. I remember waking up from like a big, like, like two day nap, you know, like after <laughs> like flying home after my retirement match and then being like, okay, so what now? You know? And I remember having that feeling of taking my dog for a walk, being like, you could take the longest walk you want right now. Like you are not getting back for an interview. Like you're not having to switch your laundry from the washer to the dryer. Wow. This is really weird. Um, 
So I had already started my band at that time. And that was like something for me to do, to do, but it just didn't have that like rat race, like, uh, you know, like go, go, go kind of feel. But it was a creative outlet still. Yeah. And so I did feel like I kind of was like piecing together the elements that I got from wrestling. I ended up, I was hosting a radio show on the rock station in Atlanta. I was, I hooked up with this theater group. We were doing this kind of like improv theater once a month. And then I had my band. And so I kind of felt like you had the live crowd aspect. I had the put together, like for the show, I would do bullet points. It was like similar to a match where I'm like, okay, I know where I'm going, but we'll see what happens along the way. I kind of just had some things that all stoked those, that same fire and I don't know. I think I'm just kind of a pirate for life, really. That's the bottom line. <laughs> Did you have a moment in WWE where you were like, I just don't want to be here anymore? Yeah, it, it wasn't. It was like, I think I don't want to be here. And it was at the time that my contract maybe had, I don't know, whenever they start talking to you, a year out, six months, eight months out, whatever it was. And I just remember like not being as excited when my music would hit. Mm. and and just being like that's my music you know and just like I, I think that means it's time to go to work you know and like walking out and and even probably being on the ramp going that was a weird feeling that's not how it's supposed to feel that's not why you do this um and you know my I, I never want to punch a clock and that felt like punching like at that moment felt like punching a clock and 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 so I, I remember at that point asking, I was like, let me take me off the live events for a while. I, I need to figure this out because, you know, they started asking contract negotiations, like, well, what would you want? Like financially. And I was like, I don't, that's not even how I want to think about this. I just want to think about if I want to be here and we can work out whatever else um, after that. So if you could just take me off the live events, let me just think about it. And I just remember not, not missing it and it feeling more right that, and just kind of having this perspective of like, man, I, I've done more than I ever thought I would do in my career. Just like, maybe it's time, maybe that's the time to, time to get out. And I didn't feel fear. I was like, I'm, I'm okay if I fall on my face on whatever this next chapter looks like. But I, meanwhile, like there's no, yeah, I had to make up hobbies, you know, like that's how in it I, I, I was yeah. to, um, and it take, takes a hundred percent of your time and energy. Even if you're not actively there, your, your brain is there. You're, you're preparing to be there, you know? And, and I was like, I kind of was like missing out. Like my friends were having kids and getting married and I wasn't at any of the baby showers or any of the weddings or anything. Cause you know, either I was on the road or I stopped getting the invitations. Cause they're like, oh, I'm sure she's out of town. Like it's cool. You know? Do you like, did you have a match in mind of how you wanted it to end? Cause I can't imagine that the way that it did end for you was like, was exactly how you wanted it to go. Um, I mean, I was happy to work Mickey James, but in my mind, it was a good long match and we hug at the end of it. And I, you know, like yeah, yeah. here's, here's the title. Yeah, I see that it's in good hands and, and I'm out of here, you know? Yeah. And, and, it was just 
it was like, it just didn't hurt my feelings, you know? And, and I, I was very vocal about it. I went to my producer that day. I went to the head writer. I went to Vince. I went back to my producer. I went back to the writer, back to Vince being like, is there any way we can not do this? Can we just do this in a pre-tape later? Like, can I just have this match? And, you know, the answer was just, you're a heel. This is what we're doing. You're deemed to somebody that we're going to put, you know, that, that we want to boost up. And that's what you do when you leave. And then, mm. um, and, and I was like, what did I do? What did I do to like, to have this ending? And they're like, you're looking at it wrong. It's business. You're a heel. That's what needs to happen. And, and I, and I remember saying, all right, well, this is the last time you get to pull my string. So I guess you're pulling them hard. You know, um, I'll go out there and I'll do business because I'm a professional, but, um, I want you to know this hurts my feelings. And, um, I know this is business you're telling me, which doesn't involve feelings, but I want you to know as somebody who broke my neck for the business and for who has given everything and this hurts my feelings. Was this you know? just a product of the time? Cause women's wrestling didn't get to the level where it's at now. At right. That point? Yeah. I mean, and I think that's honestly, especially now with perspective, right. Um, I, that's what I chalked it up to. It's like, that's where we were then. And, and it really was like not given a lot of thought, you know, it was like, Oh, here's like a thing that could just like stoke crime time for five minutes, whatever, you know, like it just wasn't given a lot of thought to it. And then, yeah, now, now, now we're here, you know? Right. So, I, I remember watching that crime time segment and going, what? Like this? Like, it just felt like I, I was insulted as a fan. Yeah, it was. And it was one of those things that was always so hard. You know, I'd get asked about it either by fans or in interviews or uh, whatever, you know, and it was like hard because it's like, you know, you're trying to like air your dirty laundry or go on these rants or, or even just like carry negative energy with you actively. Yeah. Right. But it wasn't a thing that I could be like, come up with some way to spin to be like, it's great. It was hilarious. I thought, it, you know, and I was just like, yeah, it's a bummer, you know, like, and then they would keep talking about it. Be like, yeah, you know, kind of like, I'm not going to pile on, but I hear you. Yeah. When you think of Lita, what's the pinnacle of your career? God, um, that's really hard because I feel like there's so many like, you know, uh, it's like I felt like I was almost getting there. And then I got and my neck broke in, in 2002. My neck didn't break. It was broken for me on my behalf. It was broken. And um, and and then you know it was broken immediately. No, I knew something was terribly wrong because I'm in a lot of pain. I, yeah. And I couldn't move. But oh. I thought it was honestly my collarbone. Because my arm arm wouldn't move, um, but so that I was like I was getting crazy momentum right then, and then I had was sidelined, and then I was feeling in a really really good pocket too, right when I um, tore everything in my knee, um, and I was out again for another like I wasn't fully out, I just couldn't wrestle for you know like six seven months. They they brought me back out on, on crutches and, and car carted me out there, but you know I couldn't be in the ring doing what I was feeling really good about at that time. And, and just feeling like in a really good pocket that I like the switching, just like working, being like, throw it at me, change my time, do whatever. Like, you know, I, I can, I can adjust because I, I've 
figured it out. Yeah. So if so, that was that's the moment you think of, like where you could have gone if you hadn't broke your neck. Yeah, yeah. Both both separate separate times. It's like I, I felt like in a really great pocket, um, and then was yanked by by injuries. Like, but it seems pretty obvious now with the work you're, you've most recently done that you could still go. Like, and I feel like you have another two, three, five years in you if you want to. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, like, I, I think it's been cool. Like, um, it was inspiring seeing Edge come back after all of the, you know, not only his, his neck, um, but then coming back and being, and like, yeah, obviously he can still go and, and knows how to engage with the crowd and, and evoke the reactions that, that you want. And, and so I, I think it's, it's like, it's tempting, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I really do feel conflicted and, and like, that was really great. I'm really proud of what I did with Becky. So I'm like, okay, cool. Get out while the getting's good. Like <laughs> did that, everything's fine, you know, but then there is that thing to go, well, if that was fine. How how much better could it be if you really did have you know more time to train and, and all of that? Um, I think that because I'm pretty just grounded in where I am in life, yeah. and it's like if if the opportunity falls in my lap again as 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 it did, like I just feel like I don't want to force anything because yeah. then you have this preconceived notion and you have expectations and, and, and I didn't have any. And I think that's what made it all so beautiful and feels so fulfilling. And it's like, if I'm like, yeah, like I'm going to set out to have this last run. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. It might happen. Maybe, maybe, maybe somebody calls me out on TV and maybe I answer, you know? Um, well, and you're already in the hall of fame. So it's not like that carrots being dangled. Like you're already in. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I was talking with, with Vince about this whole last run. And I was like, it just felt really fun to go out there and do because I, there, it didn't feel like there were any stakes. It's like, I've already got the ring. This is just, you know, a cherry on top. And I felt that I could really be in the moment out Mm -hmm. there and really enjoy it, which was really nice because I don't feel like I soaked that in a lot. Uh, because things were so busy or I was distracted or, and so that was really nice with this match. And I just felt like I could really be in the moment. And I just, I don't mean the match, like from the moment I was asked to be in it to the moment I got back on the plane to fly home, just really could um, be thankful for it and um, take in going, wow, this is such a crazy experience. This is like, I'm so fortunate to, to, to be here. And, it just felt really nice. Who was the biggest mentor for you in your WWE career? Huh. I think that like I've like leading up to it. And then there, I've always just been like, get everything from anyone that you can, you know, like soak soak in the, the knowledge from, from anywhere you can. I would say that I was really fortunate in both the relationships I was in with Matt Hardy was very instrumental and in helping me. I, you know, like if I had questions about Matt, she was but me, Matt and Jeff, when we were in the car, it was like, we might turn the radio up to sing to a song for a minute and we turn it back down and then we're right back talking about wrestling, you know? And so that was really great. It was like, we were having a brainstorming session 
on the road the whole time. And then same with, with edge, you know, like we had a really great, like a portion of our relationship was like talk, talking about the business, you know? Um, and I think with us, it was a little different. It was less, lesser than, cause we were kind of in later stages of our careers at that point. But, um, he's very analytical, very smart about the business. And I always felt like any advice that he had was, um, I could trust. And I feel like people always talk about this with Vince as well. Like Vince is like, is just a genius and has so much great advice. Is there one particular piece of advice that you plucked from him that you use all the time? Um, I mean, I think it's just as, as basic as, um, you know, he's like, you're a star is made like right here. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's not no matter how like spectacular your flips are or whatever, it's about making moments and making me care with your, your face, like showing me you're in pain, showing me you're stoked, showing me you're mad, you know? And, and I, we definitely, like, I go back to that every, every time. And I, I remember when I was producing with the women constantly, you know, cause they're trying to prove themselves and show how athletic they are. But I'm like, I need some time to breathe and I need those moments. I need to see that you're struggling or that, you know, all, all of these, these things. And like, how many like we've talked about it right like what's your wrestlemania moment they don't say what's your wrestlemania match like it's a moment it's like one thing like one like stephanie's highlight reel are slaps it's like one moment right and and um i think that's those are so cool yeah i feel like you were so close to being in AEW last year how close were you really I was thinking about it. I was watching all the time and I was watching Britt Baker ascend and I was watching the crowd really attached to her and they lobbed it up to, to work with her. And as I was seeing their AEW in general grow, uh, I was like, Britt was at a point that I was like, need to have a big moment with somebody bigger than her. Mm. And they can her and thunder rosa and nyla rose and and um you know ruby soho late later but like can have these matches and elevate each other slowly but if there was somebody big that could come in like sting did with darby allen or you know um that's where you can catapult somebody so it it did seem exciting um but at the same time it's like um their roster had a long way to grow and they're still kind of getting their feet uh, under them about how they want to present as a company. And then around that same time, WWE uh, is talking to them and just knowing how deep their roster already is. It just seemed like uh, more possibilities and a better fit, not to mention like it is home for me. Right. Like I I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it it, it was like, I I wasn't thinking about either company when I was, you know, when I was first approached and then um, Cody had reached out and and I was like, well, let me like watch the program more from a aspect of maybe being there and seeing how I could fit in besides just like catching it when I catch it. And, and so, yeah, of course I started brainstorming and, and thinking about the possibilities but then on the flip side, when WWE, when I was talking about WWE, I was just like, oh, it's just right there for the taking and, and just seemed to um, 
to be the better fit. Plus, um, like I, I never met Britt, like Becky is like a, a close friend of mine. And so to be able to have that, the, the possibility of that match, you know, we just really wanted to, I, I didn't think it could ever happen. And, and so to yeah. be able to have that, um, yeah, it was really special. We talked earlier about how, you know, you were Lita for so long and then you had to relearn kind of to become Amy again. Did you have to like reintroduce yourself back to Lita over these last handful of weeks or months? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I just felt like I was like, oh, there she is. Like, you know, like as, as it was over, like my last TV and the match, I was like, all right. I now, now I remember like this because I'm very, you know, in my regular life, like understated and humble and just, you know, kind of, um, quiet even. And so it just to be about larger than life. And, um, yeah, it just, it definitely felt like I was playing a role at first. Like I remember how to say these words and how to hold my shoulders back and, and all of that stuff. So that's what I'll do. But then as we moved in towards the end of it, I was like, actually fe feeling it. Did you always want to be a wrestler? Was that the dream as a kid growing up? No, I wanted to be a marine biologist. I was like obsessed with Jacques Cousteau as a kid. Obsessed. Every, every, you know, like in a, like a book report or something like they kind of leave it open enough so that you can like massage it into who you want. Mm -hmm. every book report and the, part of this was also lazy because i was like i already know a lot about this person it would be jacques cousteau and nelson mandela i did like <laughs> i did so many uh like presentations on them it wasn't until like in my early 20s like i mean it, it kind of from the moment i decided i want to be a wrestler till i had a contract at wwe was pretty maybe three three years or mm -hmm. so um but i was taking judo um and Muay Thai kickboxing but I got super into judo and I was competing on the east coast and I was playing in bands just for fun you know and when I start I didn't grow up with wrestling in my household or anything and so but it was my my boyfriend at the times dude thing don't talk to me I got my wrestling shows on but as I popped my head in there I found myself lingering and going oh this is but I immediately was thinking these dudes have a cool job Mm. you know not like and and so i started looking at it like i want a cool job too you know they get to do judo and be in a band at the same time because they're rock stars and athletes in in one profession and started holding myself accountable and just saying out loud i'm gonna do that not knowing the first thing about how i was gonna do that but i was gonna do it i can't picture you as a marine biologist I, I love the ocean though. I think that that's okay. If you take away like the lab coat and like the microscope and the glasses yeah, and think more like the wetsuit and the fins and like the, the field, think of like a field marine biologist. Like Ocean Ramsey. Do you know who I'm talking about? I don't. You will look her up after and go, ah, oh, that's exactly what I was going to be. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I just, I, the ocean is my... If I need, if I need to level out, if I need to feel appreciative, if I need to feel something is bigger than me, I go to the ocean and mm. there it is. Like Do you live I remember, really close to the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. I take my scooter over there. To oh, the it's that close. Wow. Yeah. Cause I tell people I live close to the ocean, but it's like a nine minute drive. That's 
close. That's close. Yeah, you're way closer. I have to like worry about parking when I get there and the whole thing. It's the scooter's a game changer, dude. Mm. I'm telling you, the scooter is a game changer. Like a Vespa, throw that thing on the sidewalk, run in there, run in there, do your thing. It's just, Hmm. you'll think of me if you ever switch gears, do this. It is a, it is a game changer. Okay. All right. think Think about just alone, the time you have to look for parking. Number one, number two, lane splitting is legal in California. Yes. Traffic dead stop. Boom. There you are. Yeah. It's like time travel. It's, it's just Everybody's like, going two miles an hour and you're going 30, 40 miles an hour. Yeah. Huh. As we wrap this up, I've always been curious. What was your first tattoo? My first tattoo says iconoclast in Cyrillic because I, it was a time, it was when everybody was getting Japanese, when everybody was getting like kanji on them, like Japanese characters on them. And I wanted a word, but I didn't want you to be able to see iconoclast. I didn't want to be asked daily what it meant. Um, so I got it in Cyrillic, which is the breaker of traditional icons. So kind Where of- Where is it? My, it's on the back of my neck right here. So it's kind of my my mantra all the way back. I mean, I got it right when I turned 18, you know? So I, I, was, I was young, destined to be the breaker of traditional icons. I love that. And I mean, you, you basically, you spoke this into existence. Yeah. This is, this is a theme of your life, Amy. I love a full circle moment. I love some poetic, um, some poetry thrown in my life. And I love not looking for parking spaces. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you on all of those. This is amazing. What is your, what does your daily life look like? Cause I feel like it's very juxtaposed of like the lights and the loud music and the, you know, acrobatics of wrestling. What's the other part of your life look like? Yeah. So since pandemic, especially, um, like I cook a lot, I'm in my garden and I'm at the beach a lot, you know, I mean, in Nor- NorCal beach is different than, you know, like Baywatch, you know, so it's more just yeah. like walk- walking on the beach, um, sticking my feet in or I'll, you know, strap on, put a wetsuit on and, and go boogie boarding or surfing. Um, That's yeah. thing. walking on the beach, it's grounding, right? It, mm, yes. What is it? It aligns the magnets, right? Yeah. You got to take your shoes off. If you're ever at yes. the beach, whoever just like doesn't take their shoes off, you're missing out. Just touch yeah. the earth. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get into any sort of chakra scenario, but like, just you'll feel better about it. You're missing an opportunity if you don't take your shoes off. I have loved this conversation and like, thank you so much for making the time to do this. Yeah, for sure. I end every conversation with the same question. Cause I love gratitude and you spoke about it earlier, but what are the three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Wow. Um, Number one, if I could go on a tangent on this, I will end up in tears, but it is my 19-year-old dog who is by my side at all times, snoring just off camera. Um, just, I couldn't feel a love, like mm. strong feel for her. And um, What's her name? Mackenzie, but she goes by the Kens, <laughs> like, like the rock. She's the Kens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say... Um, I could be specific to the ocean because like nature in general, but the, the ocean is, I am great. I am grateful for 
how it makes me feel, what, what it has the power to do and, and what it does to contribute to the earth. Um, and the third is, I would say, I don't want to single out a person, but like the close friends I have that I trust with my life. Like it is, it means everything knowing I have not just one, but like a handful of people I could call at any time and tell them anything and they're not going to love me any less. Amazing. All three of those are great. You are a legend in the ring. You are a legend in life. So Amy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Isn't she awesome? If you're a wrestling fan, you know Lita, but I'm so glad we got a chance to really learn about Amy here. So a huge thank you to her for joining us. Thank you to you as always for being on this journey with us, wherever you are, whatever you happen to be doing right now. And if you haven't yet, please consider subscribing or following the show on the podcast app that you're listening on right now. If it's Apple Podcasts, it'd be awesome if you could subscribe and also leave a review. If it's Spotify, follow and leave a rating. It'd be so, so helpful. And take a screenshot. Let us know what caught your ear the most from this one and share it on social media. Tag us. Lita is at Machete Girl. What a great story about that username too, right? I am at Chris Van Vliet, and I tweeted this out earlier in the week. It's a quote that I love so much from Bruce Lee. He said, if you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. Make at least one definitive move daily toward your goal. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.